to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 130. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Where here is the new Man Up studio. Yeah, baby. And so grab a globe, spin it around, bang, find yourself Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, but you only go about halfway there, and that's where our new studio is at for the Man Up Podcast. This is spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on this spiritual journey, and we're glad that you've joined us. We've been studying the Ten Commandments, and I know this is one of those kind of things that, well, I've been going to church my whole life. I, I never even really, I mean, I knew about the Ten Commandments, but I haven't really studied them. And so <clears throat> if you never really have and participated in a discussion, you might want to go ahead and check out our last 10 podcasts. It's been, it's been awesome. What we do here at the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men is we get together and uh, we, we have guys from varying backgrounds and we go over adult Bible fellowship study and uh, basically have a discussion uh, uh, and talk about things that you don't get to talk about with anybody else. We are on iHeartRadio, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we have a Facebook page, we also have a website, which is manupspiritualoasis.com. You can post questions, we'd be more than happy to go ahead and, um, and, and answer them here at this, at this podcast. Just want to let you know, basically, the, the kind of format that what we do is, uh, we understand that you know, each of you are men. And men are busy. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember writing you a speaking part, Michael, but uh, <laughs> go ahead and join it. And, uh, but what we do is we go ahead and we do a, basically do a summary first because we understand that you're busy, you have kids, you have commitments, you have work, you have things that you got to do. And not every lesson will speak to you like other ones will. So, what I do is I go around. My name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host of Man Up, and um, also the director here at, uh, well, not here at the studio, but at Sugarland Baptist Church, <clears throat> of the Man Up uh, Adult Bible Fellowship. <clears throat> but we got a great panel uh, that we're going to go ahead and discuss uh, this lesson on, and I'll go ahead and introduce them, and, and not only to introduce them by what they do, but also like their, uh, by their interests. Because what you're going to do is you you might identify with one or more of the guys a little bit, a little bit more than the others. And uh, I'm going to start out with uh, he is a trainer at a Fortune 100 company, uh, kind of our uh, resident theologian, uh, Robert Koshu. We call him the professor. We also have a uh, he's an attorney. And but he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. That's we call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here, and also he is a world class policy writer, but also a bit of a professional gambler. That's Mr. Steve Titch, he's here as well. And back from
from do, being a total man working while he was camping. Was he camping while he was? <laughs> or, or camping while he was? <laughs> <laughs> he's a class deacon. That's uh, it's Kyle Trahan, and, and he's back as well. So um, what we also do is we do a basic overview of the lesson first, and I'm going to go go around the room. We're in the Connect 360, which is by Baptist Way Press. It's pillars, and this is about uh, <clears throat> the Ten Commandments, and that's what we've been talking about lately. I'm going to go ahead and uh, start out with uh, with the professor. Yeah, when we started this, I looked at it as that the Ten Commandments Commandments were kind of the abstract if you're thinking in a big long dissertation and these two commandments are the executive summary of Mm -hmm. what it all is all about and what it all boils down to it takes 10 rules and basically boils it down to two things these two things that we're going to talk about tonight awesome judge i wish i had that short opening. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about legal briefs. They're never brief. They're legal, but they're not brief. Yeah, we, we looked at the Ten Commandments, I guess, the last 11 lessons, folks, if you joined us, and we went into them with depth, and, and as Bill said, as Robert has said, or, or inferred, uh, they turned out to be very, very, very uh, enlightening to us. Uh, we had a lot more to talk about with them than we thought we did when we started. The basis for today's lesson is the first commandment. If you go back to that, folks, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But then we're going into the New Testament and we're looking at how Jesus treats it and how he gets roped into talking about that particular commandment. Um, The author of our book, which I think Bill said was Connect 360, actually infers or, or gives us examples of loving our neighbors and by the way this, the, the, the commandment that's attached to that that they have talked about is Jesus said you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, mind and soul and the second commandment or a, another commandment that I'm going to attach to it equal important will be the second greatest commandment that's to love your neighbor as yourself and uh, I hope we'll look at that a little bit closer because Sometimes I don't think many of us love ourselves, so it's hard to love somebody else whenever we don't know how to love ourselves. But anyway, I'll go ahead and stop there. <laughs> Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, um, we come to the New Testament, and uh, as Robert was saying, Jesus is, I'm going to say his view, but Jesus brings the, uh, the basics of the commandments uh, front and center What's interesting about this, and I think it's, it's worth talking about uh, as we move forward, is that we are now in an entrenched culture. Uh, it has been, just, just, just from the history we know that's documented, it's been 500 years, almost 600, since the, the Jews returned to Israel from the exile and reestablished their religion. Uh, so that that period of time is is longer than the you know the the first the first settlers came to the United States came to come to the Americas, so they have this long history, and it's become very entrenched along with the commandments, the Talmud, the rules, 
Uh, and the, the Jews of Judea of Jesus' time define themselves very much as uh, essentially the leadership by the rules they follow. Uh, they, they certainly are devout. I'm not saying they were religious, but they really have come to differentiate themselves from the people around them and their whole history by this idea of we follow not just the commandments, but everything about them, and we are, and it's become very much a legalistic culture. And Jesus takes that on uh, full throttle. Excellent, Deacon Kyle. Um, it is good to be back. You know, um, hard to be on the road and away from the family for so long, but uh, and away from the fellows, and sometimes missing the the podcast. And I tell you what, it's different to be on a phone uh, somewhere else, <laughs> right? And, right. Uh, sitting in a camper and uh, on that. Uh, but anyway, you know, reading this, the uh, the first verse in here, you know, there was there was a guy. And what's he do? He's always trying to trip us up. We have that today. You know, always someone trying to test our resolve, trying to make us say something we shouldn't. Um, and Jesus is no different. Of course, he comes out always on top because uh, he's got the right things to say. And uh, we can only hope that when someone comes at us to do that same thing, that we are able to reflect because uh, well, Jesus didn't need the time, but a lot of times we need that extra moment to figure out which is the right way to say things. And uh, so when when people come at us to trip us up, we got to just try to be like Jesus. Right, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and read the lesson uh, that we're going to, the scripture that we're going to go through for uh, today's discussion, and it's Matthew 22, 35 through 39. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, in a way, to me, it kind of summarizes the... Ten Commandments, the what? What is it? The first four were the ones that were vertical, and which talks about you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. But then there's also additional uh, parts of that in the first what four commandments, and then the last six all dealt with how to deal with your neighbors or you know people around you. And he kind of summarized that with, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's, so that's, that's kind of, in a way, to me, it's kind of like those two kind of summarized the Ten Commandments. Do you mind if I set the stage for this just a little bit? Go ahead. And, uh, I, I was going to comment that... Do, that do you want to do that, Robert? No, 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 no. My, my yeah. comment was that, that it's kind of funny that that it started out with a lawyer, and I was going to refer to exactly. my lawyer. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the folks, to set the stage for this, if you've been reading the New Testament at all, or if you've followed many stories about Jesus, you know that he's healed many, many people up to this point, uh, and it's, it's distressed the Jewish leaders tremendously. 
uh, especially because the common folk love him. He spends a lot of time with them. He heals their sick. He berates the Pharisees. He ridicules their interpretation of the scriptures. And then the Pharisees continue to treat the common people as though they're outcasts and sinners, and, he, and they refuse to socialize with them. And Jesus does just the opposite. Now, Jesus, Jesus effectively stands up for the poor people. Now, the Jewish leaders who are both Pharisees and Sadducees have, Sadducees have determined that Jesus is way too popular because his followers have grown to enormous size or enormous numbers, and they are extremely jealous. So the Jewish leaders seek to trap Jesus in what he teaches so that they can accuse him of blasphemy. In other words, they've already decided they want to put him to death. Now, uh, th there are two issues they bring before him. The first issue the Pharisees decide they're going to come and trap him with, they come and ask Jesus, uh, they say, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay, and this, the, the Bible tells us specifically this is a leader of the Pharisees that comes and asks this question. And, uh, and Jesus, they're, they're expecting to take one side or the other. They're not expecting to take two sides. And folks, if you've read the, uh, that particular passage of Scripture, you know that Jesus tells the Pharisees, or whoever comes to him, he says, he says, render unto Caesar, he takes the standard denarius coin that is paid for your taxes, and he says, Render under Caesar what is Caesar's, and under God what is God's. So he answers with both answers that they do not expect. They are absolutely uh, uh, quieted by his answer because they don't expect him to take both sides. Then, So the Sadducees determine that they're going to come and they're going to ask Jesus a question and stump him or try to get him to say something, again, that, that is anti-Moses law, anti-doctrine, or anything that they can think of to make him dispute the laws and contradict Moses and the laws that they follow and they study. And by the way, folks, there's some 600 laws at this point that they have created, right, Robert? I see Robert Jenkins here. <laughs> right, or right. That they have created out of, the, out of uh, the original laws that were given to them from Moses. Well, the Sadducees are being smart alecks, uh, and, and they take the law of Moses and and it specifically states that a man is to marry his brother's wife if his brother dies. Well, the Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection. So they ask Jesus, they say, okay, there are seven brothers. The first brother marries a wife, and, and then he dies without uh, offspring, without children. So the second brother marries the, the same wife. He dies. The third brother marries the same wife. Same through the seven brothers. And then they ask Jesus, so... In the resurrection, Jesus, whose wife will she be of the seven brothers? And folks, once again, I, I, I made the comment to you ahead of time. The Sadducees are being smart alecks because they know the law of Moses. And the law of Moses tells you specifically back then that if your brother marries a woman and your brother dies, you are to provide her with offspring. You are to take her as your wife. So their question on which one she will belong to in the resurrection is really, really just to irritate him and provoke him. And there is no correct answer to that because Jesus tells him the answer. You know, you don't marry in the resurrection. You're not married in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. You are alive, and God is a God of living people in the resurrection. And so he stumps them because they didn't expect that answer. And finally now, Robert makes a comment. I'm getting to the, the last part where Jesus answers with the, uh, 
uh, today's lesson, point of today's lesson. And so the next person to approach Jesus and try to stump him is a Pharisee lawyer. And of course, it's Cropper's bringing this up, the lawyer. Uh, and that's why I've taken a little bit of time to explain right. it to you folks. And so the lawyer approaches Jesus again and asks him a question, hoping to trap him. And he says, so which is the greatest commandment? And of course, Bill has already read it to you. And there, he's expecting Jesus to in, answer maybe with one of the 600 little minute uh, details and, and commands or laws that the uh, Pharisees had blown out the law of Moses into. And he answers with what we've said so far. And this is the, the point of today's lesson. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then, of course, the second, he, in, he says that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't find that one in the Ten Commandments, guys. But it is in Deuteronomy. It, actually, in Deuteronomy. He, pulls, he pulls two. He's pulled, he pulls, he pulls um, lines from two different parts of, of, of what would have been, what is the Torah, right. the Deuteronomy and, and Leviticus. Uh, the first part is, is Deuteronomy 6.5. It's known in Hebrew as the Shema. Uh, and the second part, the love your neighbor, is from Leviticus 19. 18, uh, chapter 19, verse 18. Um, and so he's he's pulling the word of God out. He's not making anything up there on the spot, but he's highlighting two, two separate passages. Um, but the common denominator in there is love. Love God, love your neighbor. And, and that's really what he's trying to drive home here. Because the way, actually, I like the way you described the whole thing. It reminded me a little of all my, my catechism classes when, you know, you'd raise your hand and ask the, 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 the father, Father Murphy would come in and you'd ask him questions. And you'd ask him all these doctrinal questions about, you know, what if this happens and this happens and this happens? Do I still go to heaven? Do I get, you know, and where did all of that? And here, um, Jesus is virtually saying without saying, the 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 letters, the words aren't that important. Right. It's what, what's in your heart and what are your motivations. Mm -hmm. And we see throughout not only this passage, but in other parts when Jesus in Jerusalem or Jesus confronting the Pharisees in, in the other towns, that a lot of these challenges are done with a certain degree of meanness. Let's, you know, I, oh, you healed that guy on the Sabbath. Like, what do you, what do you have to say for yourself? Right. And the, it's so, so the, the, the Pharisees are extremely judgmental. Uh, they're extremely picayune about the rules. And they've lost the whole reason for these rules to be there, which aren't so much to to be the you know the 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 ruler on the wrist the ruler on the knuckles but to really be a guide to enhancing your relationship with God and and finding the life God wants you to have and part of that certainly is being connected to the community being connected to your neighbors and we've talked about love on uh, multiple times in the past and it's it's kind of this agape love where we sometimes talk about you don't have to like your neighbor, but you really have to love them. Um, and, and, uh, that's, and that's the essence, as you're saying, of the commandments, this whole idea of loving God and loving your neighbor. And if you're doing that, you're following the, the commandments. Don't get hung up on 
you know, whether you're picking a bit of grain on a Sunday or not. Right, right, right. Well, and, and I tend to think about it, and this goes down to the, the Jewish people went to the opposite ends of the spectrum because before the Babylonian ex exile, mm -hmm. commandments, there were commandments <laughs> we were supposed to be following, <laughs> right. to, you know, the 600 rules that you had to find so much that, you know, the joke is a woman couldn't look in a mirror because she'd see gray hair, pull it out, and do work that mm -hmm. during the, the day. Yeah, on the Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there was, you know, you could walk 25 steps, but you couldn't walk 30. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's, in some ways, it was a, I think, reverberation backwards on how bad it had gotten and how loose mm -hmm. it had gotten. And I think it's one of those things, you know, maybe we talk about this a little bit, because we've talked about, Stephen, help me with the word, the nihilism in our culture. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it becomes a temptation to want to go back to the super strict, you know, women have to wear dresses to church on Sundays and, you know, all of that kind of stuff because, oh, my God, we can't have that stuff anymore. And so it's kind of, it, it's a reactionary. It's, it's a pendulum that can swing. Mm -hmm. Right. I think is the problem. I'd like to get Kyle, your, your, your kind of insight on this. Um, Mr. Camper. No, I was thinking about something that Steve had said a little while ago um, when he was talking about the, the various uh, scriptures that he was pulling in. And you mentioned that it's all about love, which, of course, <laughs> this is, you know, uh, the, the two verses there. Um, but you missed on one. You said, love your God, love your neighbor, but it's also love yourself, you know, and those last two are sometimes both difficult to do, you know, um, you know, we're all sinners and sometimes you can persecute yourself and forget that, uh, that you are supposed to love yourself, that you are supposed to forgive yourself. Um, you know, of things done wrong. And that's, that's not always the easiest thing in the world to do. Well, the thing about it is, it seems to me that nowadays, you don't really have too many people that have a problem with loving themselves. It, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was thinking a little differently than I believe you may right. be referencing. Right, there. right. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of people, plenty of examples out there of people that have never seen a mirror that they disliked. Well, and, 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 you know, I've had many people that have asked me, you know, who is my neighbor? Well, I, I, I think neighbor can be substituted by person you interact with. Yeah. It's not necessarily... You know, you're not, not my neighbor. The guy next to us, straight, being yeah. a stranger. Right, uh, right. It, but it's 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 a person that, some way or another, you're interacting. Whether you're, it's verbal, it's phone, or you know, nowadays if it's online or or, or whatever. I mean, I mean that that's the that's the neighbor uh, well, part of this. It's everyone. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's it's literally everyone. You know that. Right. You know, just because they're not right next to you, maybe they're in their next city. Or the next state or country, right. you know, and it's. I think it's making sure that you have compassion uh, throughout your day, and that you look 
upon everyone with that same basic compassion that Jesus would have done. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our hard break. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast, podcast number 130, hard to believe, and we will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up, Man Up, uh, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 130. And here we are. We're coming out of, uh, well, halfway between Houston and Sugarland, Texas now at the new Man Up studio. Um, we are in the greatest commandment. We've just been going through a study of the Ten Commandments. And this one we've flipped over to the New Testament and talking about the greatest commandment. And that is where Jesus was asked, and what was the great commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now we're going to go dive a little bit deeper into that and, uh, and bring it into today's connotations because that's what we do here at Man Up. We, we take the scriptures we try to put a man spin on it, and then we also like to peel it like an onion to g- dig down deep and uncover how this would affect our own life and our own spiritual and spiritual and faith walk. And that's what we do here at Man Up. And so I'd like to go ahead and uh, get Professor Koshu to go ahead and kick off the second half. Yeah, so I, I kind of want to tap back in where Kyle was with this. So it, it's not your neighbor, the guy next door. It's not just him, rather. It's not just the strangers. It's the invisible people in the world. It's, you know, I drive to work. I'm one of those weird people that like being at my office at 6 in the morning. And I work in downtown Houston. And believe it or not, it gets cold here occasionally. We were, and please, northern friends, do not laugh at us. Um, we were down to 29 this morning. For Houston, that's cold. I don't own clothes to be outside in 29 degrees because there's no reason for me to. But as I'm driving down... You're not supposed to be outside. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Well, but I'm looking over on the right-hand side as I'm driving through downtown. I don't know what's wrong with you people. (laughs) I'm driving through downtown. I'm looking on the right-hand side of my car, and there are six people in sleeping bags on cardboard Mm -hmm. sleeping basically sleeping in the street and these are invisible people to us and and it's one of those you know i'm thinking through that not only okay it's cold and they're outside and it's cold and you know they've got hardy maybe more than us and they put newspaper and all that but has anybody ever tried to sleep i know kyle you slept in a camper recently i know one time during one of our little hurricane situations several several years ago i ended up having to try to sleep in a parking lot and 
I couldn't sleep because every time I'd get ready to fall asleep, a car would pull in to see what was going on in the parking lot, and <clears> lights <throat> would hit my face and wake me up. Can you imagine trying to sleep on a street where it's brightly lit and cars are going by all night long? You know, it, it, it's, it's about, it's taking the commandments down to that root level. And I think that's where Jesus takes it. He takes it down to the level of, you know, he takes the vertical and the horizontal, like we've been talking about, and says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, let's, let's explain that a little bit further, because that's one of the things that's been important to me is anybody can give a dollar to the guy on the corner, right? Right. But what we're inferring here and what the author seems to infer is that you need to take this to a deeper level. You're to do some act of mercy. In fact, he says this in the directions of the lesson, to extend an act of mercy to somebody. And then the, the examples he uses uh, include the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. You have the Jewish, uh, the, the person who's injured on the road. For those of you who may not know the story, but I, I assume all of you do, but there's a person that's injured on the side of the road. He's been robbed. He's been beat. And he's on the side of the road, and a, uh, a Jewish rabbi passes by and crosses the road and ignores him and goes to the other side of the road. Then, then another person comes along that's high up, maybe in the Sanhedrin. I don't remember the exact persons, but they come along, and they see this person that's been beat up and hurt and injured on the side of the road. And again, they pass to the other side of the road. They keep going. And then finally, a person who's from Samaria comes along, and he sees the person and has compassion on him. And the important thing with this, Jesus used this example because the Samaritans were very hated by the Jewish leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, everything like that. And so a person who they do not expect to live in compassion to this person does. He goes to the person, bandages him, wraps him up, then picks him on, puts him on his donkey, and takes him to the nearest inn and the nearest town and pays for him to stay there that he might get well. Now, you know, the funny thing about that is uh, that's the reason for missions. Our previous pastor, Pastor Phil, said it'd be cheaper for us to send, because we have Mexico missions, for example. Well, we, the church does missions all over the world, but right. uh, and he was using this as an example. It'd be cheaper for us to just send cans of paint and brushes down to Mexico, okay, the buildings would get painted, but by sending people down there, you don't you don't only change the buildings, but you're changing hearts, and 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 that's what you, and that's what you're doing, and that's why so much of this is about being connected in life. Now, man up. You still, you still do loaves and fishes. Absolutely, and you know, Tell funny funny thing about that is this: Houston, Houston's homeless. One of the big problems, of course, there's, there's alcohol, there's mental health issues, and uh, drug abuse issues. But one of the big problems is obesity. The homeless in Houston are better fed than homeless basically anywhere, okay? But the thing about it is, and one thing that reason why my wife and I continue to do uh, loaves and fishes, and that's why it's a, a big deal, a big mission project with Man Up, is this. So many of those people are tired of being invisible. Mm -hmm. 
And they want you to just talk to them like a real person. There's people that give checks. There's people, obviously, that gives a lot of food because they feed over 400 meals at each serving there. So which is, it's like, they do like 1,200 meals a day there. But those people so much just wanted to be treated like real people, people that matter, that you care about. And I've been there so much. I know several of them. And I tell them, I go, you know, when I fall on hard times, that chair in the middle there is mine. I just want to let you guys know, <laughs> you know, and we, that we have a relationship. And, and I think that's what they want. Well, Makes a difference. And, you know, uh, thinking on what Robert had said, you know, going to work this morning and seeing uh, some folks out on the street <clears throat> in our extreme cold for the Houston region anyway. Um, you know, where would Jesus have been? Would he would have been in the office building? Would he would have been in McDonald's? Or would he have been building a fire for those right. people to warm up in the morning or whatever? And it's the mm-hmm. same thing. You're talking loaves and fishes, and, you know, where would Jesus be? Right. He's there to find the lost souls and bring them back into the fold. And, well, obviously, in some of those places, you're going to find some lost mm-hmm. souls. And I think we get in next week, but that's kind of part of the job, being Christian, being in, being finding those lost souls. I mm-hmm. If you if you really appreciate what the Bible says, the people we're talking about, the people at, at loaves and fishes, the people on the side of the road, in in the great when the boarding is called for paradise, they're getting the first. They're in the first boarding group. Uh, that's you. You may be a churchgoer. You may be there. You may be writing checks. You might be on standby. And that's 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 the uh, that's very much the strong message of of both the Bible and especially Jesus. That uh, it's it's those overlooked people who are who who are there to who, who, who the Lord has come to minister to. Well, a couple of my my friends that I've met over the years, uh, Howard and his friend Donnie. <laughs> They're, they're, they're really good guys. And, and, and Howard in particular, he, he chooses to be homeless. He has the opportunity to not be homeless. He has a daughter that has a condo or, or something, but he doesn't want to be a babysitter. He, he would rather, he would rather be out on the street. He's, he, and he's told me that many times. And I think the, the thing about it is with us being men of faith, recognizing the fact that I've, I've been, I'm a contractor and, and a salesman, and I've run into people that are in beautiful homes but have empty lives. Oh, yeah. And so, and, and Kyle, I know you're in a lot of homes too as a salesman. And the thing about it is it's not, there's, there's no shortage of emptiness in this, in this world. And being able to positively affect that neighbor and to show them, show them love and help comfort them. And that's right. And it's not necessarily only the ones that are on the street. And, and so many times we, we often see them because they don't necessarily have what, what we, the creature comforts that we have and that we assume that, man, if they had it, their life would be complete. 
But then you see someone that's in a big house with an empty life. And you see the desperation that they have. And the reason why they have it is because nobody, nobody thinks they're desperate. Well, I remember doing uh, an inspection one time on a home uh, for some insurance stuff. And uh, it was a good two, two and a half million dollar home. And it was a doctor. And uh, I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. The, the touches and the things they did in this home as you walked around and the furniture and everything, you're just going, my gosh, how much money did it go into even just building the home? And of course, two and a half million dollar home. And uh, the guy says, I'm almost never here. But you could tell in his voice, it was just something. It, that was there for his family. He, and all he did was work. You know, and it was just an emptiness that I felt from within that guy that even though people look at it and go, man, how grand is that? Boy, I'd be living the life if I had that. He was not happy with his choices in life. He was where he was and he was doing his thing and he was manning up for -hmm. his family because that's where he had gotten himself. But you could just tell in the voice there was definitely that emptiness, even though you looked at him and thought, man, he's got a lot. Right. Let's stay with that minute because because we've kind of inverted things. We're a man up uh, podcast. We talk about manning up, and yes, on maybe on the surface, maybe deeper than the surface, the the fellow you're talking about, we might even hold. We in this group might hold up as as some as a role model or as the guy who manned up. Oh, no question well, about the guy, it. The guy you were talking about at the at the at at um, loaves and fishes. There, there might be people on the podcast. There, there's a cringe there. Oh, well, he's, he's living off the system. He's freeloading. However, he also is putting faith on, putting faith, maybe, maybe, I can't speak for him, but he's, he's putting faith in God that he will have a meal come 6 o'clock, as opposed yeah. to the guy in the big house who is working like a dog to make sure he has meals for the next 30 days, guaranteed because, you know, I'm going to do it out of my own sweat. But what we get from the gospel is don't do that. Have faith. Six o'clock, your dinner will show up if you believe. Now, it's a tricky. I'm not. Right. You know, I'm not. I'm not yeah. You want to test here. it if you, you want. <laughs> but but that's and maybe it's maybe it's a little deeper in that. But I think I think <coughs> what it comes down to is that real satisfaction is going to be found in the Lord, not in your own earthly work and I you can say I put security the same thing it's an interesting story and and uh, and really we've just inverted things and I noticed and I feel a twinge myself oh we're, we're talking about a guy who's happily homeless and right. that, that that really bangs me in my own you know ethic there having grown up be, my yeah, achievement yeah. ethic but it's 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 something that really you have to you have to consider well, no question about it. And, and I, I think the big thing about it is the lesson to be learned from all of this is this. We can't put our own values on other people. We need to be receptive to what the values that they have. And as we walk on this faith journey, we need, we need to just be empty to the point to where we accept what the other the values the other people bring to it because howard doesn't doesn't feel homeless or poor 
he doesn't. I mean, and you can call it gaming the system, which I, I guess, I, I guess in a way it is. To a certain extent. Let's not use judgmental words. I'm going to step right. back and say, this this is what is available to him, and he he make he takes a availability of that, and which right. which in which you can, which if you step back from judging, well, what the heck? It's there, but it also it also takes a degree of stepping back from the achievement culture, from the rat race. From right. what we're indoctrinated, even as Christians, what we're indoctrinated with, um, right. to to be able to do that, and 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 he's you see the trade-off. He really doesn't want to live with his relatives. He this is this is what he has chosen, and I don't again. I can't. You know him better. I can't speak for his faithful life, but yeah, we we should we we should not be too fast to judge that. Right. Well, right. Well, the New Testament and, does tell us to work if we can work. <laughs> well, right. well, that's okay. true, too. Provided we have a family and we're trying yeah. to be responsible. The, the other thing I'll go so. with is, let, let's also remember, and, and I, because I was in the industry for a while, I tend to watch the savings rate and all of that. And let's be totally realistic here. Three-fourths of everyone in this country is 30 days away from being housed. Right. If they lost mm-hmm. their yes. job. 30 days later, they have the potential to be housed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's something we have to keep in mind that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like you, you know, I, I have, I do have that little cringe periodically. I've had, uh, in a very large former life, I was a case manager for the Mental Health Mental Retardation Authority here in Texas, in Houston, actually, in Harris mm-hmm. County, and so I have... I float between extreme compassion and extreme cynicism when it comes to the homeless mm-hmm. community because I've been in the other end and seen, you know, the mental health issues that have related to that. The people who refuse to get the mental health or they try to self-medicate or, you know, whatever you want to deal, however you want to think about it. And so I tend to bounce. And, and, and frankly, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Steve. I... It is, it is, out of all the ministries I've ever helped out in and been a part of, anytime somebody says, we're going to go work with the homeless, I always have a little bit of, okay, in me because mm-hmm. of that. Right. You know, and it's one, it's really, really, it is one of those things where we're really called to put that past us and well, be a part of it. And but some of that is difficult to, especially in our society. I mean, you've got Howard there that is honestly a, a homeless guy or whatever, um, and then you have the other side of them that are playing the homeless, which are not actually homeless. Um, you know, most of us in this city have watched a homeless person hobble over to a very nice car and get in. I know mm-hmm. I have. You know. Um, some friends of mine used to be, uh, or well, they still are, but chefs. And when they were in uh, culinary school, they would bring food to that guy they thought was actually homeless and everything. And they the same thing, watched him hobble over with the bowl of food that they brought him and got into his Mercedes and drove away. And it was a nice Mercedes. It wasn't right. like a, an old, right. you know, that he's just, you know, that's his old car. Um, so, you know, I'm with Robert that sometimes it's just hard to, Put that aside, but 
again, you look at this lesson and you are supposed to put that aside. Yep. And be able to look past that and see them as a human, as a child of God, and have that compassion upon them no matter, no matter what. And I, I think another point, though, um, as we get ready to wrap up uh, podcast number 130, is that uh, <clears throat> we need to take time. So much of life, uh, we, we, are, we are just speeding by. We're, we're speeding from one appointment to the other appointment to the next appointment. Not really, uh, not really, not even smelling the roses, but taking the time to actually interact with people. Um, <laughs> I think you I looked know, at my schedule today. <laughs> right, right, right. Whereas, as you're on, as you're on this journey, and your faith journey is is basically every place you go. Um, when you're a person of faith, and the people that you interact with is take the time and if you if you are saying how are you actually care about the answer you get <laughs> you know so many people will say oh i expected you to say fine <laughs> you know when they go off and if you ask them actually take the time to care and to listen as you as you interact and that and that is your neighbor, and with that we're going to go ahead and going to one more one more round with the fellas and get their basic uh, takeaways from from this lesson and go ahead and start with Professor Koshu. Yeah, it, you know, and we're really wrapping up now, kind of our culture, Ten Commandments discussion. This is the last of it. You know, we're we're done. I'm just going to wrap up with the whole thing. I think it's been, like you, Bill, I've been in church all my life. I can't ever remember studying the Ten Commandments. No, no, me either. Uh-uh. I really, no. not like this. Uh-uh. Anyway, maybe, you know, well, I guarantee you we've glossed over thou shalt not commit adultery with the teens a few times. Right, right, right. You know, but, or hitting a commandment here or a commandment there. But in-depth study of all ten followed by the greatest commandment where Jesus summarizes the ten into two. I've never done that. So it's one, remember that we're called to be countercultural as Christians. We're called to not ignore the homeless guy. We're called to not be the ones who just give money and walk away. You know, we're called to have actual compassion on them. We're called to look at the person that's stealing and I'm not talking about the guy robbing the bank. I'm talking about the guy stealing ideas, stealing things, downloading things they're not supposed to be downloading. We'll just call it that. You know, and say, that's wrong. You know, yesterday, Disney Plus rolled out, a new Disney streaming service. Mm-hmm. And the joke with Netflix is there's only 100 people that have Netflix accounts. Everybody else shares the Netflix account. <laughs> <laughs> and and right. I kind of wonder how right. Disney's right. going to have the same thing. Right. Guess what? If more than three or four people, based on my memories of Netflix's sharing agreement, if you have more than three or four people using your Netflix account, you're stealing. <laughs> right. Judge. So is it three or four? 
Uh, right, right. <laughs> who's Aaron? Who's gonna lose? Who's the worst word you play? I'll stop using yours, Mike. A <laughs> right. right. um, couple things, real quick. Uh, appreciate you listening in. Um, a couple questions we threw out. So, how do we love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind? Well, folks, we know if you attend church, you pray, you read the Bible. You pay your tithe. Uh, Robert has alluded to this. I think Steve also. The the New Testament and the Old Testament both state very clearly: help widows, help orphans, help foreigners, help the homeless. And we see those maybe as foreigners or widows and orphans. The point here is you're loving God when you give, and you help people who cannot repay you. Right. Right. We do something for them, and then how do we how do we love our neighbors ourselves? Pretty much the same way we're just talking about right now. The same way as you love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Um, you do something for them, that, and and do not expect them to repay you, and of which they cannot maybe repay you. And then how do we love ourselves, uh, folks? Uh, and, and I think Steve alluded to it. A couple of alluded to this. Folks, you don't beat up on yourself. Everybody makes mistakes. And I had, it was so hard for me to learn this because we all know our weaknesses. We all know our thoughts that people don't see. Mm-hmm. None of them can see what I'm thinking right now. Uh, none of them here can do it. We all know what our bad thoughts are that come to our minds and t- sometimes uh, torture us. But the point is, don't. if you make a mistake, even in life, whatever it is, don't continually beat up on yourself. The Lord doesn't beat up on you, and he doesn't want you to beat up on yourself. So you love yourself, folks, by forgiving yourself when you make mistakes and moving on. Help those that uh, can't repay you, like uh, like the parking I'm going to need you to help me with, Mike. So. <laughs> Steve, your summary. <laughs> Christianity is an, is, is an outward-facing religion, or should be. And... Uh, these the, the the greatest commandment really exhibits that uh, the danger and and especially we we talk about the culture a lot and right now I think the danger of the church is that it wants to build a wall around itself between itself and the culture it wants to hide it and 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 perhaps it will use the Ten Commandments as building blocks in the wall. I, I don't commit adultery. I don't steal. I don't do all of this. Doing that, or don't define your really, don't define your faith by what you don't do or by the rules you follow. Measure your faith by how well you're, you're executing this, the greatest commandment. Uh, so, so when you do have your moments of reflection, ask yourself who, you know, did I, was I compassionate today? Uh, was I merciful today? Did I love my neighbor? When did I fall short? How can I stop that? How can I stop being so nasty when I'm driving on 59? Because right, 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 <laughs> that's right. one time where I'm not loving right, right, very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, but all, all joking aside, but I think that's really where it starts. We, we, the, 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 the Jews of Jesus' time had retreated very much into defining themselves by their rules. And that's, 
the paradox of it is that Jesus came to liberate us from this, to this idea of, you know, nose to the grindstone, head to the down, trying to follow every little rule. He wants you to just go out there, love God. And by if you're truly loving God, you're going to exhibit that in your day-to-day life as, you know, as best as you right. humanly can. Right, right. Deacon Kyle, welcome back. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you all. Um, here and out in cyberspace or wherever, <laughs> whatever you're finding us at. Um, I was reminded to, uh, one of the reasons we are over here today in our new studio is because of the Sugarland Baptist, uh, choir prepping for Christmas. Right, uh, right, right. And so, you know, if you're out there wanting to see a good Christmas show, December 14th and 15th at Sugarland Baptist Church, um, they're, you know, loud enough that they push us out of the church right. just, so that, uh, right, right. Just, just so we can do the podcast right, elsewhere. Right, right. Um, so it'll be a great show. Um, come on down and see it. Um, you know, for this lesson, um, love your God. You know, I think that means having a relationship, you know, and for a lot of people, I, I sometimes I don't know what that means, you know. Um, I think that changes. I mean, relationships change, right? Most of us are married, soon to be married, um, you know, and relationships just with our wives and our spouses, our children, whatever, they change as we change. And so we have to remember that and strive and work like a relationship does take. And that does mean putting your whole heart, mind, and soul into that relationship with God. And like I said, that's sometimes a tough one to do. The other part of it is, is be a Samaritan, you know. Um, uh, Steve, I think you're the one that... Uh, that, that mentioned it there, um, to be the Good Samaritan. Uh, thank you, and uh, look for that opportunity to serve. Because I think that's the second part of that. That Good Samaritan, I mean, he was the neighbor. You know, he saw, or he saw his neighbor, whom he didn't know, who he wasn't related to, and who he could have gotten in a lot of trouble for honestly helping him in one way or another back in that day. You know, a Samaritan didn't help them and he didn't see it that way he saw the opportunity to help his fellow man and to try and make a difference in the world and he also was able to show that and push it forward by um, showing the innkeeper that the love that he had for that man a man that he didn't even know you know Um, so look for it search for it expect the opportunity to serve. Excellent. And my final thought to take away, uh, we're on this spiritual journey with you. And just remember, uh, don't beat yourself up over the past, but look for opportunities to change in the future as you're on this faith path. And we're here with you. This is Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. It's podcast number 130. Just want to Make sure that you know that we are on iHeartRadio, we're on SoundCloud, where we archive all of our episodes, and the last uh, 10 
have been on the Ten Commandments. And uh, make sure that you take the opportunity to go ahead and download them and listen to them. They're outstanding. <clears throat> and we also were on uh, Facebook at Man-Up, where you can go ahead and post a question, and we'll go ahead and we will answer that here on the podcast. And we also have a website, which is manupspiritualoasis.com. I want to encourage each and every one of you, if, you ever, if you're ever in Sugarland, go ahead and stop in Sugarland Baptist Church. That's where we are. But we want you to get involved in a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and get in a small adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class where you can have discussions like this. You, you can't have this kind of stuff anywhere. And find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Men Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast. <laughs>